Hey, this is Tony Amaya. I am the pastor of Cross Parallel. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We pray it encourages you, builds up your faith, and draws you closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening. Marriage isn't just about, um, it's not just about uh, being happy and finding somebody you're happy with. And just You have fun with them, your best friends, so you're going to get married. Um, because when hard times come, it's just going to be a struggle. And so you need to know how to navigate through that. And the Bible has a really good job, does a really good job at explaining that without having to get um, like self-help books or books on preparing yourself for marriage or whatever. That, that stuff is good, but sometimes they just talk about like practical things. So the Bible is the best way to go. So this, uh, I'm just going to recap a little bit of what he said and just add a couple more things in here. So um, just the big point is that marriage isn't just important to us as people, but it's really important to God um, because man didn't create marriage, God did. And like he said, he officiated the first marriage. <laughs> and in Revelation, it talks about how, um, how we are going to be united with Jesus as our marriage to him. So in the Bible, God talks a lot about marriage in so many ways. In almost, if not all the books of the Bible, marriage or the marriage relationship is mentioned. Um, if you want to look me up on that, you can look it up. But it's in almost every single book of the Bible it's mentioned. Um, so back, back up to Exodus 17. I'm going to say a lot, so the scriptures. So you don't have to write all the scriptures down. And we don't have a PowerPoint or anything like that. So, um, But Exodus 17 just mentions, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Just that point, he wants to protect the sanctity of marriage. So literally guarding your heart and even desiring another spouse. Therefore, that's enough to mention in the Bible because not only is marriage just a physical getting married, you're also, your heart is so important to God and the where your heart's at in marriage is important. Exodus 22 or 21, um, God is promoting and protect, protecting the marriage rights of slaves. So back then, slaves were property, and they didn't mean anything. They were nothing to people um, except for help. And so they didn't really view them with value. But God says, no, they're not nothing to me, and their marriage is important too. So I'm going to put in the Bible that their marriage rights are important. And so when they get married... Um, we're going to protect their rights as a spouse and a husband and all of that. Okay, so the next one, Deuteronomy 7. God forbade the Israelites from marrying the pagans from Canaan. Who else? I mean, nobody wants to be married to a pagan. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yes, that is very important. He's like, no, you can't marry the pagans because um, marriage, once again, is also about generations and family lines, and it's more than just, uh, I love you. So that's super important. Deuteronomy 22, there were, it discusses severe penalties for violating the marriage covenant. Ruth is all about marriage and her relationships through that. Song of Solomon is all about marriage, you know. And uh, Malachi, all the way up to the last chapter in the Old Testament, talks about how God hates divorce. Then in all of the New Testament, basically every single book, mentions something um, about marriage all the way through Revelation, like uh, Pastor John Mark Comer just mentioned, and how the marriage illustrates our own married relationship with God. And we'll talk a little bit more on that later. 
So, a healthy marriage should give glory to God. Because it's important to God, though, that also means it's important to the devil. So, um, the devil always is working to oppose God's interests. Um, It reminds me of this scripture in Song of Solomon 2, where it says, um, beware of the little foxes. So, that just... That scripture is like you're gardening and you are trying to protect this valuable thing that you have. The foxes come in and then they start, they like weave their way through something and it seems like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And then they start destroying the whole vineyard. And so that's how it is in marriage. If you let one thing or something small, you think, oh, it's just small. It's just a little thing. Um, That's going to start growing and ruining things. Um, and growing to a bigger and festering and festering till it turns into like a huge problem. So it says in Song of Solomon, beware of the little foxes, and that's super important. The devil, the devil always finds his way to sneak into your marriage. Even if you seem like you might have um, a really solid spouse or a really solid contender, and you're like, okay, we don't need to um, worry so much. We can just relax. We could just have fun. We could just watch Netflix every single day but and not challenge each other and not do anything. But once you start getting lazy or start neglecting responsibilities or doing something that might not seem like that big of a deal, um, it will start growing and growing and growing into something bigger. Um, so although marriage is important to God, be careful because it's not the most important thing to God. So don't make sure you're not putting your marriage or your spouse before God as an idol. So listen, if you're dating a non-believer and if they aren't committed to Jesus, then honestly, you're in sin. I'm just going to say it because uh, James says, if you, if you know the good you ought to do and you don't do it, it is sin. And you know that God says, do not be unequally yoked. He says that. So why waste your time? <laughs> you know it's going to be heartache. It's going to be so difficult having a marriage when you're unequally yoked. So what's happening is you're putting your own desires and relationships before obedience to God. And he specifically says, don't do that. <laughs> so you're saying this relationship is more important to me than you, God. So Jesus says, obey me and honor me and serve me first. So we must value marriage because it's from God, but it's not above God. So it's really important to, if you are struggling with that and you're dating someone or talking to somebody you really like them um, they have this term missionary dating where you feel like you're like a good Christian and you're gonna like bring them to the Lord I wouldn't date them maybe I would bring them to the Lord first before you even consider talking or dating them (laughs) Um, but um, so yeah you invite them to church or talk to them about God and stuff but I wouldn't date somebody immediately if they are not in love with Jesus. It's just going to cause a lot of problems down the road. So being a Christian in marriage makes a huge difference because we have the Bible to refer to opposed to non-believers who marry for happiness and then divorce down the road and don't know what the creator of marriage has to say on the topic. (laughs) So let's see what the Bible has to say. Here we go. The Bible tells us the origin of marriage, tells us the goal of marriage, the foundation for a good marriage, how to find your spouse, the roles of each spouse, the reasons for the roles, the roles of in-laws, the roles of outside friends, how to be a godly husband and wife, God's attitude on divorce, when divorce is and isn't permitted, 
role of romance, the frequency of sexual relationship, what is and isn't allowed in sexual relationship, how wives should dress, how husbands should support and provide, communication and anger management in marriage, <laughs> forgiveness and reconciliation, what to do in aftermath of adultery, remarriage, angels in marriage, and the place of marriage in the world to come. So yeah, the Bible says a lot about marriage. <laughs> covers almost every topic. That's not even all of the topics. So with that, there's power in God's word and ministry in his word and the strength to restore and revive marriages. So you don't need any other book but the Bible. I had a couple more points on that, but I'm just going to go on. Um, the Bible has all you need to know in every topic about the Bible. I mean, about marriage. So Jesus does make a difference in marriage. The wisdom of God's word is what we need to understand to succeed. When we get into Ephesians 5, it might seem like foolishness or offensive to you, but I would ask that you measure it by one thing. Is it what the Bible says? So are you a Christian that believes what the Bible says? Or are you lukewarm? Or do you believe some of the Bible and not all the Bible? So you need to kind of figure that out for yourself. Do you believe the Bible 100%? If it offends you, it offends everybody. It's, the Bible's offensive, sorry. But it's, it's the truth, and it's the word of God. And um, it offends all these people all the time. So um, some, some people get offended by this point because... It's about, oh, wives submit to your husbands and all that stuff. And people get freaked out and, oh, what does that mean? But, sorry, it's the Bible. All right, let's turn to <laughs> Ephesians 5. <laughs> all right, Ephesians 5. <clears throat> let's start on 21. So it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, just stop there. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. So you're, you and your spouse and Christ. That's the only thing that really matters is that you are aligning yourself with Christ in your marriage. All right, here we go. Ready? Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish or holy and blameless, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he, feels, or, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So back up to measure, or <laughs> measure, um, verse 32. I'm sorry, I'm a music major. Um, so um, this mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So let's also look at this connection of the symbolism of mar the marriage of Christ. So marriage is supposed to draw you closer to God. 
Marriage is Christological, as is anything else in the Bible. It revolves around Christ. It points to Christ. But marriage is hard on purpose. We're, uh, we're drawn to it because it's good, though. We desire the goodness of marriage, but, only to, uh, but the only way to experience that is through the battle of marriage. Um, the battle is to love, to submit, to forgive, and sacrifice. That happens um, in most relationships, um, even with your parents or siblings or anything like that. Um, a battle to loving someone is uh, to love them, submit, forgive, and sacrifice. Um, for sure with your uh, parents as they were telling you how to do things growing up, but especially in marriage. But um, this is an impossible task by yourself, so we must look to God. When we look to God for help, he gives us an example. The example is Jesus. Jesus submitted, loved, forgave, and sacrificed himself. The more I realize how difficult loving and submitting is in marriage, uh, the greater God's love becomes to me or is realized for me. Um, I have such a greater realization of what he went through for me. He's so in love with me and so, so much so that he submitted, obeyed, and selfishly, selflessly sacrificed his life for mine. So when we say marriage is hard, just think about what God did for you. We must love our spouses because God loved us first. So we need his help, and we need to see his example. We aren't perfect like him, but he helps us through it all. All right, so women, um, just a point for you guys. You can't know how to submit to your husband or trust your husband. Trust your husband is very important, unless you know how to do that with God first. If you're not married right now, the most important thing you can do is focus on your marriage with Christ. This lays the groundwork for a good, healthy marriage to a man. So learning how to submit to Christ when he asks you to do something or uh, uh, submit to him and trust and trust Jesus. So, sorry, I lost my point. So submitting and trusting Jesus in all that you are doing. So um, if he tells you to move here, are you going to move there or are you going to just... Do what you want to do. Or if he tells you to step up and lead worship or step up and do this or that, are, are you trusting and submitting to what Jesus is asking you to do? So be really focusing on your marriage with Jesus in that aspect. Uh, men, your point is you cannot love your wife and give yourself up for her unless you love Christ and give yourself up for him. If you're not married right now, the most important thing you can do is focus on your marriage with Christ. And this will lay the groundwork for a good, healthy marriage to a woman. So um, just on that is just being able to give yourself up to whatever God calls you to do as well. So love is submission and submission is love. Look at how Jesus loved and look at how he submitted. Jesus submitted out of his love for you by uh, coming to earth. He submitted and showed his love. By being obedient, he submitted and showed his love. By staying strong through temptation, he submitted and showed his love. And obviously, by dying on the cross, he submitted and showed his love to us. So back to Ephesians 5.21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, remembering what, remember the reverent attitude that you would have thinking of all that Jesus did for you, how he died on the cross, all that he's done for you, and getting to that point, okay, so how can I reflect that in my marriage? How can I be 
uh, humble, submit, submitting, um, trusting uh, ahava over expounding love for my spouse, no matter what. Hebrews 5, 7 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Jesus was submitting. Um, Ephesians 5, 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also loved us, gave himself up for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. That's how we need to be even in marriage. So Jesus went through the hardest of times of all, like the hardest thing anyone could ever walk through, and he came out a victor. So it's possible for you in your future marriages um, to be successful by basing it out of the Bible, not, um, not just ha- having a divorce as, um, well, I'm not happy anymore. There's always a way to be reconciled and be healed from whatever is going on. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything we're doing, make sure you follow us on social media and check out our website at crossparallel.com.